freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode number 283 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is the Constitution and the Law. And our guest today is Sheriff Mark Lamb. Sheriff Lamb was elected as the 24th Sheriff of Pinal County to oversee an Arizona county the size of Connecticut. Wow. As a constitutional conservative, Sheriff Lamb is a strong supporter of our Second Amendment rights, and I mean strong supporter, mm -hmm. and the enforcement of all the laws. He is determined to protect the rights and freedoms of the people who he serves. He serves. Serves. That's an important awesome. word. Welcome. That's a key to, word. Yeah, yes. to the show, Sheriff Mark Lamb. Thank you. Well, I'm glad to be on the show. I don't have the radio voice that you have, though, Cheryl. That was awesome. Oh. She does. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I have. I don't even have a. I don't even have a chance with her. You know, she's got. She... Well, thank you both. All right, let's dive into these awesome questions uh, because there's so many things that I want to ask you. I probably should have divided this into three different interviews, but too many of us do not understand the role of a sheriff and it, the important distinction that a sheriff is not hired, is not appointed, but is elected by the people that he or she serves. Can you kind of dive into that and talk to us a little bit about that distinction? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, when I go around and speak at the schools, I try to always really make that clear to the kids, the difference between police and deputies and the sheriff and a police chief and how that works. And you're absolutely right. Um, police chiefs serve at the at the pleasure of a city council. Um, and that city council is voted in or elected and by a mayor. Um, and depending on where you are, that can be a very political position. So the chiefs have to walk a fine line. They, a lot of them do an amazing job of walking that line because I probably wouldn't do that good. Um, however, the sheriff is like you said, this is a constitutional position. This is something that we are elected by the people for the people. Um, I always will talk about government and I'm not always the kindest towards what I say about government. And people will say, well, that's funny, you're government. I said, no, I'm not the government. I'm your sheriff. My job is to protect the people from the bad people and from government overreach. And so Absolutely. the sheriff is an extremely important position. I've actually had people that'll say, well, who's your boss? And I'm like, well, I don't have one. No, no. But yeah, I mean, like, who, who do you report to? I'm like, well, I don't report to anybody. I don't report to the governor. I don't report to the president. I don't report to our county board, although they do oversee some parts of uh, our budget. I report to the people and the people alone. And there's power in that mm -hmm. because 
we become the voice of the, we, we are an extension of the voice of the people and we're able to truly uphold our oath, which is to the constitution of the United States, which makes the sheriff so important. I often say that the sheriff is your last bastion of freedom. And there are people in this country who wanna undermine freedom, our constitution, our American way of life and replace it with socialism or communism or something similar. And they know that the sheriffs stand in the way. So you're seeing that a lot across this country, you're seeing more and more emphasis being put against sheriffs, trying to undermine the office of sheriff. There are states that are trying to pass laws that would make the sheriff an appointed position as opposed to an elected by the people position. So I think that over the next four years, you're gonna see how important sheriffs are across this country. Wow, he said something very important to me. He says, you're he the sheriff, you are here to protect us from criminals and governmental overreach. That's There's right. No other law enforcement that does that. The FBI yeah. doesn't protect you from government overreach. No, you're absolutely right. And honestly, the FBI, from what we've seen, and look, I know a lot of good people in the FBI, but I think over the last four years, there's been enough to, to at least cause concern as to whether or not some of the higher ups in the FBI um, have a political agenda as well. And I don't know enough, but there's definitely enough information out there that you would, the question would arise. Now, look, sheriffs are political positions as well. So you're typically in most places, you're going to either run as a Republican, a Democrat or an independent. Um, so there is some politics that come into play there. But in the end, you're voted in by the people. And, and, and I know a lot of sheriffs that understand the importance and the value of that. And we understand that we serve the people. Um, and I truly take that to heart. And so I try to serve the people to the best of my ability. Um, I don't want to figure out my hourly rate. It's probably really low. <laughs> because of the amount of hours we put in, you're always the sheriff. Even when I go to the store, if, even if I'm off, there's still, you're still the sheriff, but um, we love it. We wanna serve the people and uh, it's, it's a great position. And it is one of the most important positions in your county and probably in your state. Well, you have a tough job because the politicians are constantly trying to twist our constitution around and you have to sit there and determine where has that been infringed? have has one of my people that i serve been infringed by the constitution that's got to be a tough constitution not by, by the, the law by the law that's got to be a tough job it is very tough because not only are you dealing with it especially over this last year i think we really saw um a lot of this going on and where you had to say look you're pushed too far this is a violation of people's rights but there's also the other side of it. When we're going out and doing our normal job, you have people that feel like we have violated their constitutional yeah. rights. And that's hard to juggle as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't go out and respond to every single call. So I do the best I can to make sure that we have good deputies and good people in place, but that's not foolproof either. And so it is a constant battle to show your people by your fruits that you truly do uphold the constitution and um, also to show uh, you, the government that you're, we're not going to allow you to come in here and trample on our people's rights either. And so, yeah, it's been tough. It's, got, it's getting tougher and tougher. But, uh, you know, somebody's got to do it. Like uh, Thomas Jefferson said, somebody has to do it. Right, Absolutely. right. It'd just be hard. I mean, you have so many people working under you and, and teaching them that, hey, people have rights. You know, we're not here to harass. We're here to 
serve, serve. The, serve. Mm -hmm. and so you have to know the Constitution. You have to know if you are invading somebody's privacy or whatever. There Got you mine go. right here. Not nice. We got the same right. one. Yeah. You know, Constitution, Bill right. of Rights. So I'm just honored. I, and I, I learned this from another sheriff that said that the sheriff department is the chief law enforcement. They, they overrule any other government law enforcement in the state. Is that correct? That's correct. So the sheriff's, sheriff is always the highest law enforcement official in the county. And so like even your federal agencies that come in, um, all of that, the sheriff is the highest law enforcement official. So you definitely want a sheriff that's a constitutionalist behind him, right? It certainly helps. Yeah. It certainly helps, you know, and I think, and this is not to take away, but I think we've seen some cities across this country that had a sheriff just exercised his authority, could have taken over some of these cities and said, hey, we're not yeah. going to allow this type of riotous behavior, uh, destruction to happen in our city. And so I, it is important because you can't always, that those police chief positions, though these, and I'm not trying to take anything away because so many of them do such a good job, yeah. but it can be a very political position and uh, they serve at the pleasure of the city council or the mayor. And so it makes the decisions they have to make very difficult. Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, you know, I've titled this uh, episode, the constitution and the law, because sometimes they are coming at us from different angles. And I think that if you don't have uh, law enforcement in place, like a sheriff that really understands those distinctions, things can really go haywire. Yeah, you're right. And we, we see it. So you've got to have somebody that understands those distinctions, understands the constitution, understands the oath that they took mm -hmm. to protect the people. Um, I think it's so important that I started a political action committee called Protect America Now. I just had sheriffs from across the country. We're, uh, we have an executive advisory board. We had sheriffs from Maryland, Virginia, Missouri, uh, Illinois, Florida, Massachusetts, Arizona. Um, we are coming together as sheriffs to show solidarity across this country for other sheriffs who are upholding the Constitution and their oath. And uh, we want to be able to, to also represent law enforcement across this country. I think the good men and women who put on this badge every day have taken some lickings over this last year and they were undeserved, um, you know, because of a few bad apples or a few uh, bad decisions that, that officers may look like they've made or, or made because um, some of these things have been alleged, you know, then it makes the entire profession look bad. And it's not fair to impugn an entire profession for the actions of one or two. And I, I equate it to, it'd be no different than if I, as a sheriff, were to impugn a race of people because one person of one race did something. That's how, that's the equivalent of what has been done to law enforcement in this country by the media and by a lot of very high politicians in this country. It's shameful. And uh, the men and women who put on the badge every day deserve better. Because their heart, how they most of them have a servant's heart, and they're just trying to do right. And so I hope that we can turn that swing, swing that pendulum back. And I hope that the majority of those who are serving in law enforcement understand that Americans across this country still believe in law enforcement, eighty percent. Mm -hmm. um, so don't listen to the media. Yeah, well, right. we believe in law enforcement because we rely on law enforcement, right? Because, yeah. you know, sometimes bad things happen and, and we need that extra help. So um, very well said. So 
speaking of the connection between law enforcement and the citizenry, uh, we've been hearing a lot about something called the Citizens Posse Program in your, your area. What is that and why has it been so popular with your constituents? Well, I think it's been popular because all across this country, there are a lot of us that feel uneasy. doesn't matter if whether you're a Republican, Democrat, there are a lot of us that have just felt uneasy because we're not being served well by those who we continue to send back to Washington. And so there's a lot of frustration, a lot of uneasiness with COVID happening. And then we saw the riots and the looting. I mean, I had people coming up to me every day going, Sheriff, what do we do? Like, what is happening here? And so I wanted to put something together that would allow people to get more knowledge to, to hopefully ease some of those frustrations and anxiety that they were feeling and make them feel part of the, 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 the solution as opposed to being frustrated with the problem. And so we put this citizens posse together. In two weeks, we had 3,000 applicants. So we had to shut it down. Wow. And we've been trying to catch up on that. We've been doing in-person classes. We did an online class. And what we do is we talk about constitution. We talk about what the sheriff's office does. We do some, some basic firearm stuff. Um, we talk about home defense and all of these things. And really what it does is it gives me a list of people now <clears throat> that should I need to call them because the constitution says, um, the state law says that <clears throat> one of the things that I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to suppress any affrays, um, any insurrections, anything, uh, riotous behavior, and that I can call on as many inhabitants of the county as I deem necessary to achieve that mission. And I can have a posse. So I exercise that right as a sheriff and I put a posse together in case of fires, floods, um, heaven forbid, an insurrection um, that where we just don't have enough staffing and we need to be able to call citizens to help us, um, whether it's to stand guard at a building that's not being you know, bothered, just to protect that building while I have my resources dedicated somewhere else, and, uh, or fires or floods or whatever it be. And uh, it's been great. The people have received it very well. They feel very involved in the sheriff's office. They get more knowledge. And so uh, we need to really vamp it, ramp it up. Uh, we want to do monthly newsletters, and I've been a little bit slacking on that because it's been a little crazy. Uh, but we're going to be really just making them feel part of the community, and that was what it was designed for. Okay, so either, you know, I, I'm not saying anything bad about what's going on in Maricopa County, but could you extend Pinell County over to <laughs> us or, or, move to, or move here, please? Because that's, this is what we need to hear. This is what the citizens of Arizona need to hear. You know, and I love it here in Pinal County. I love serving the people of Pinal County. I feel very blessed to do it. And I'm just trying to do right by those people that have, that have voted me into office and, and make them feel um, part, of the, part of the sheriff's office. I think it helps a ton. I think it reduces crime when you have that relationship. Um, I think it knowledge is power. It always helps. And so I, I don't know what happens other places, all I can do is focus on my plan, control I what understand. I can control, and that's Pinal County. Yes. And well, well said. That was yes. very diplomatic. Yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> is there any houses available out yeah. there? <laughs> yeah, we're selling them like crazy. The only problem is I think uh, people from other states are driving our prices up. Yes. That, that's yes. true. As long as they, they understand where they're coming and that they value and respect the traditions of that area, 
welcome in, right? But, it's yep, so frustrating amen. when people come from California and then start voting the same way from the stuff they're fleeing. It just drives us a little crazy here in Arizona. Us too. Yeah. And then and what I think you're going to see, and I'll leave it at this, is I think you're going to see more and more um, communities and counties where people feel like they can still exercise their freedoms. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot of people fleeing from these bigger cities um, that are self-destructing because of bad politics. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Well, speaking of self-destructing and, and things that aren't going uh, as well as they could be all over this nation, people are giving up or having taken from us way too many of our freedoms. And during this past year of COVID, um, it's really taken a toll on individual lives in ways that we're really not hearing about too much on the national, and I always have to use air quote, news, right? Um, but officers, like the, the men in your uh, department, they see this up close and personal, what's happening in individual lives. Can you just kind of talk a little bit about you know, what they're seeing, what you're seeing, even in Pinal County, where freedom mm seems to be a priority um, that on the individual level. Yeah, I think COVID has probably been the biggest thing. It's, it's, uh, it's really tried our society and uh, it's put people in a, in a weird situation. And for all last year, and I kept saying this on our county level, I said, I keep hearing you talk about public health and I'm not trying to discount that. I realize that we're dealing with something here and people view it sometimes as that I don't take it serious, which is not the case. But I felt like nobody was talking about the impact that those decisions for public health were having on public safety. Mm -hmm. um, I tell them, COVID is not my not number one problem. It's not even probably in the top 10 in my county. Mm -hmm. My problem is the, the issues caused by COVID, the depression, the anxiety, the, the increased drug use, the... Um, the increase in um, suicides, domestics, child abuse, those are the things that I have to worry about that impact my community. And I think the impact from that on the public safety side has been greater than the impact from COVID. And people may disagree with me and find, you know, they get angry because I say something contrary to what they think is right. And I'm just telling you from my standpoint, that has had a greater impact on my community than, than the actual COVID has. And so I have tried to do what I can to do what my part is, which is public safety. And I have constantly fought against lockdowns and those types of things. I don't think they're conducive to good health. I don't think they were conducive to good mental health. And that has been shown in the increased numbers across this country. So um, getting kids back to school, I thought was important. Uh, I think that allowing people to be free and not challenging one another because you may or may not agree with what they're doing, whether it's wearing a mask or not wearing a mask or uh, whether they think you think they're taking this serious enough. It, challenging each other is not appropriate and in most cases can be illegal. So we need to really, uh, I've tried to really just, just to corral that as much as I can as a sheriff. And it's not been easy but I hope that people listening to me today will understand that it's, we've not just had an impact on public health, although that's what the news would have you believe. There has been a tremendous impact on public safety because of decisions made by politicians 
in an effort to try to keep public health a certain uh, way. We've seen people angry. They're just, they're locked in and they're angry and they're just, it's, it's different. It is different. Yeah. And then we've heard reports about suicides, people, anxiety, things like that. So, you know, people should listen to you because you're seeing it. You're actually, it's not on paper. I mean, it's not like you're researching something. You see it. You see it every day with your officers. You see it every day with the uh, civilians. So, and we work in numbers, okay? That's how we design our beats. If we have a problem in an area where we're seeing an increased amount of crime, then we dedicate sort of uh, resources to it. So we look at numbers and percentages. Let me break down COVID to you based on their numbers and their percentage, which I'm, I'm a little dubious of their numbers in the first place. I think they've been, um, I think they've been very gracious. Well, not even gracious. I think they've added on numbers to what it really is. But let's just take their numbers. If you had an island of a thousand people and one person on that island died, would you shut the island down? No. Nope. If you had six so. people. If you had six people who were at risk, would you shut the island down or would you focus on those six people and say, look, you should really take precautions because you are at risk based on what we have seen from what we're dealing with. And it, but instead, what they've done is they've shut everything down. It, they thought it was easier to close the island down as opposed to having the, 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 the forthrightness to tell people who are um, struggling with weight issues, diabetes, heart diseases, or other medical or age, elderly. Those are truly who are at risk. And we should have done a lot more focusing on that. But I, I'm just a sheriff. Um, but that's what I've seen. I think that all I can do is look at the numbers. And based on the numbers, I think they've made poor decisions as to how we should address it. Um, but that's just me. Well, isn't that how they, they focus everything anyway? Is like, we the gun laws for example second amendment gun laws they instead of trying to combat the problem they're trying to t take everybody and not allow them to have guns deal with yeah. the people that are the problems the people that aren't responsible gun owners but let's not punish the people that are responsible gun owners and have a constitution right to be you know protected them from taking their guns away but we don't we go after everybody and that's the same yeah. thing they did on your island instead of affecting the six people, we're going to go after every, we're going to stop it by now we're going to tell everybody they don't have a right to be on the island. You know, it's that whole idea of let's treat, let's just do everything the same. That way nobody can get offended, but that's right. not always the answer, you know, and it's not, you have to make tough decisions as leaders sometimes. And, and I think this last year exposed a lot of poor leadership across this country and uh, a lot of people who couldn't make the tough decision. Um, I, I, you know, all year long, I told our county government, I said, I have yet to hear you guys talk about what we can do to, to prevent it, like vitamin C, like mm -hmm. exercise and going out and getting some sun and, and being active. That is a good way to build your immune system against this. But you didn't, nobody talked about that. As a matter of fact, I've talked to doctors who said if they did say those things on their websites, that their websites were shut down. And so you can't help but feel like somebody was trying to control the message here. And I felt like we could have done a much better job of talking about how we can prevent, just like we do in law enforcement. How can you prevent crime? Lock your doors, um, put lights out front of your house, do those types of things. Um, at night, don't park in a dark area. I don't know. These are things that you could have done to prevent it. 
I didn't yeah. hear any preventive measures. All I heard was panic, 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 and try to scare everybody to death. And then in, on the back end, we dealt with that in law enforcement. Right. So it was, a, you know, it was a tough year for us in law enforcement. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, related to all of that, uh, drug use is a way that a lot of people escape reality. And there's been a lot of really yucky reality to escape in the last 12 months. Um, and drugs are often smuggled into the U.S. at a border state, which Arizona is. What are you seeing in that particular area? Uh, what are some of the smuggling trends that you all are dealing with? Oh, how much time do we have? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, we're appalled right now with what's going on with the new government coming in um, and the changes they've made. And I'll get back to that. But let me first talk to you about um, the, the drug issue that's going on in this country. And you're right. Almost 50% of all illegal drugs in America, all illegal drugs in America, almost 50% come through the borders of Arizona. Mm. So mm. border security already is very important. Um, I always say this isn't about immigration anymore. This is about human trafficking and drug trafficking in this country. And if you care about human beings, it shouldn't matter what party you are. You should care about border security because the cartel is abusing people on a daily basis. They're raping the women. They're using children as pawns. They are bringing drugs into our communities and drugging our, our family members and friends. Um, they're extorting the men. These are the things that are going on with the cartel, yet we're, we continue to try to use it as a political piece to say we don't want border security. Right now, you're talking about opening the borders, but then at the same time, you don't want a business to open up. So you're saying don't open your business, but go ahead and open the border and let's let whoever from whatever country come in here. It makes no sense. And I think the majority of the Americans see the hypocrisy and they see the lunacy in this, this idea of just opening our borders. The cartel right now has started to really shift away from marijuana and heroin, although they still do those things. What we're seeing now is the synthetics, okay? So the synthetics would be your methamphetamine, your fentanyl, because they can produce those all day long, every day, 24-7. And they can produce such quantities. And those are very powerful and addictive drugs. Um, and that's what we're seeing coming into our communities. We've seen about a 400% increase in methamphetamines. I know places across this country where sheriffs have seen two, 3,000% increases in methamphetamines. Mm. Fentanyl. The, the cartel has been punching these little M30 fentanyl pills out. So they look like little prescription pills. Um, they're blue. And in 2018, we had zero fentanyl pill seizures. And I'm just talking about Pinal County Sheriff's Office, not DPS, not Border Patrol, not Casa Grande PD, not anybody else. Pinal County Sheriff's Office. In 2018, we had zero fentanyl seizures for M30 fentanyl seizures. In 2019, we had 677 pills. Give me a guess of what you think it was in 2020, in October. What do you think? It's exponentially larger, but I wouldn't even hazard a numerical guess. Over 300,000. Oh, wow. That's pills. how much you've confiscated? It's the sheriff's office. We went from seven, 677 pills to over 300,000 in October. That's how much we as a sheriff's office have confiscated. So when people tell me that we don't have an issue on the border, I don't know what to, I mean, they've obviously been blinded by media and by bad politicians because we absolutely do. And where do you think those drugs are going? 
They're going into our communities. In Santan Valley alone right here, we had to put out a video because we had 10 overdoses one week, 12 another week, oh. 14 another week. My deputies are using Narcan on almost on a daily basis right now, trying to save people's lives that are overdosing. Mm. That is what we're talking about when we talk about border security. It is killing our children and our family members, and yet they don't care. Um, we just had, we've had a pursuit almost every day recently, and every one of the vehicles, like seven people will bail out. We had one, we were chasing a car, 12 people bailed out of it. And you know, they left a 16-year-old Guatemalan girl behind in the car. When we talked to that girl, we said, hey, were you being trafficked or anything? She's like, nope, I'm here on my own free will. So now what do we do with that 16-year-old? We have to try to figure out, we have to find her parents, not us, but Border Patrol. And then now you wonder why we have all these accompanied, unaccompanied minors. Mm -hmm. I heard that like, I don't know what it was in, in a month in January, they recovered out like 120 something unaccompanied minors. It might even have been in a smaller time frame than that. That's how, what a epidemic we're dealing with. I mean, I had a sheriff in Texas who says that He's had a handful of stops where the people in the front had no idea who the kid in the back were, and the kids in the back had no idea who the people in the front of the car were. So it's an so Uber. You know, That's what yeah, you're saying. I mean, it's just an Uber. <laughs> it, well, the cartel are using the kids as pawns because mm -hmm. they know that is a talking point here in this country. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's so important. I don't. We could go on all day long, but it is so important, and the American people need to understand what a disaster this idea of opening our borders is from this presidency. Well, sure. What I don't so understand is why, I mean, we know what's happening. Anybody that has any sense knows that this is going on. Who, who would allow that? What kind of person, what kind of organization, what kind of political party would allow that to happen knowing just in your county? You know? It's so, let me tell you that. The, the answer to that question is, it's so crazy that you almost wonder if they're complicit in it, if there is some type of coordination with the cartels or China or whatever. I don't know, but it's so out of, it is so not good for America that you have to question that. Right. And so, look, we just are going to continue to do our job. I committed as a sheriff that whether I have the support of the president or not, I have to do my job. It's what I swore an oath to. I hope that the federal government will recognize the fallacy and the error of their ways mm -hmm. and that they will do the right thing and protecting our borders, continuing with the, 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 the building of the wall, mm -hmm. which is very effective. Mm -hmm. I hope they continue to fund border patrol the way it needs to be, um, ICE, those types of things. Do not let this be a political tool, people, for anybody listening, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Border security is not a political thing, although they've, our politicians have turned it into this. This is something that affects every one of you. And if you live in Chicago, Iowa, wherever you live, it affects you just as much because these people don't stay in Arizona, neither do the drugs. They're designed to go all throughout our communities. And for that matter, most of it goes outside of the state of Arizona um, to other places. So this is something that affects everybody across this country. As you can see, I'm passionate about it mm -hmm. because we see it firsthand. We see it on a daily basis and uh, we're trying to do the best we can. We need the help of our federal government. Boy, we sure do. And, you know, that whole thing of, you know, well, I have no idea who's in the backseat of my car and the person in the backseat of the car, I have no idea who's driving this vehicle, you know, unless it is a taxi or an Uber, none of that flies. But um, as long as they can get away with it, it just complicates, 
you now having to process a problem that could have been stopped if we had had stronger border security yeah. and and continually uh, moving more in that direction. Even if the message well, was that we had stronger border uh, security, they would not attempt it as much. Right now, it's open door. Right. I did an interview with Fox a couple of weeks ago, and they were saying that Joe Biden was going to give money to the Central American countries, committing money to assist in to dealing with the root of the problem. And I would contend that the root of the problem is our weak immigration laws and our inability to enforce those immigration laws when they do happen. Right. Um, we've got Congress and Senate right now. If they don't like immigration in this country, they control the House, the Senate and the presidency. Mm -hmm. Why are they still dinking around trying to impeach a private citizen? Why don't they go to work? Why don't Thank they you. get their shovels and their work, their, their, their lunch pail? and our hard hat and go to work for the American people and start to come up with some common sense immigration plans that do help. Um, and that can reduce the amount of drug trafficking coming into this country. That goes to show you, they wanna maintain this as a talking point. I'm very disappointed to see that they're not getting to work on the issues that are really important. And uh, just throwing your hands in the air and opening the borders and saying, we're just not gonna do anything for 90 days is certainly not an answer. And I don't know how the rest of the American people uh, are gonna, you know, how they're letting this, how they think it's okay, if they do think it's okay. I just don't get it. Yeah, same. Um, so switching gears a little bit, going specifically about our, our second amendment, our right to keep and bear arms, our Arizona constitution has that enumerated as well as our, our federal constitution. And there are though some law enforcement officers who say or or feel that they're uncomfortable with the public being, you know, having access to firearms, carrying firearms. I was talking to a politician in New York one time, and he said, uh, you know, well, you know, it's just not palatable to our law enforcement for the citizenry to be armed. And so I said, well, I invite you to look at Arizona because we are a real, uh, real time, real life experiment in how that really goes. And, you know, our, our uh, crime is low and, you know, it's, it's continuing to go lower. Uh, and we are, we have constitutional carry in this state. Um, but you are in law enforcement and you are an outspoken person in your support of the second amendment, not just as a citizen, but also in the role you play as a, a constitutional sheriff. So can you just kind of talk to us a little bit about that issue? Yeah, you know, I actually, when I'll pull traffic stops, I'll say, do you have any weapons in the car? And they'll say, no. And I'm like, well, you should, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be dangerous out there. Um, but I, you know, there are, I would say that the majority of law enforcement across this country uh, are supporters of the second amendment. Um, you do have some that might not, be as strong on it and may think that, you know, people not having those rights um, uh, or increasing gun, you know, gun freedom, that, that that could in some way put them or community members in jeopardy. But I think I would point exactly like you say to Arizona as an example that we have uh, made it to where anybody who's an American or not a felon can carry a firearm concealed, open carry, however you decide to do it and it is perfectly legal. You don't need a permit for that. Now, we actually uh, see far less gun crime in this state than some of those other states who have very strict gun laws. Um, it's because bad guys are gonna carry bad guys. Drugs are illegal too, mm -hmm. okay? People still use them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you make guns illegal, people are still going to have them. And the only bad thing is if only bad people will have them because the good people are going to try to uphold the law. And I would say that our, our free gun rights out here in Arizona have reduced and keep us reduced on the gun crime in this country. And we've um, also seen law enforcement per, uh, saved uh, yeah. people who are citizens with responsible gun owners. Absolutely. And I think that it just, that wolves like to attack cheap off the back of the herd and or off the back of the, uh, you know, just roaming around on their own. And if they knew that those sheep had teeth, they'd be a little bit more reluctant right. to actually try to attack them. And right. so I think that giving the people the ability to protect themselves is not only a, a constitutional right, but a God-given right. And I think that it's important that we as law enforcement, especially as sheriffs, we uphold that, we protect it. And that's why I'm a stalwart supporter of the Second Amendment, because I think it's a key part. That's why it's number two on the list. Mm-hmm. Number one, religion. Uh, you know, freedom to speak freely in the media, all three have been, you know, placed in question this year. Mm-hmm. And right behind it to support it and, and to protect that was number two, which is the Second Amendment, the right to, to bear arms, which shall not be infringed. So mm-hmm. I, I think the founding fathers knew how important it was. I, I trust them. And so I support and defend the Constitution, especially the Second Amendment, as much as I can. Again, that's got to be hard because there's there's federal laws that are not constitutional on firearms right now, and when you pull somebody over that has you know it's and they're calling for more, so let's you know if they get harder on it and it becomes that it's unconstitutional, but they get away with it, it's going to be hard for a person like you to enforce that part of the law when you know it's it's against the constitution. You're right, you know, and then here's the. On the federal side, we've seen we're 200 and something years. You're right. There are laws that are that I think are infringe on our Second Amendment rights. Um, And there have been a lot of people that have talked about passing more laws. Mm -hmm. I would hope that the Supreme Court would do their job and uphold the Constitution. So on a federal level, it makes it a lot harder to pass anti-Second Amendment laws, which it still happens. Mm -hmm. But where we've really seen the differences from state to state is on the state level. And there's a little bit more flexibility for those states. And that's why you see uh, uh, an Illinois, which has very stringent, or Massachusetts, which has very stringent gun laws, as opposed to Arizona. So I always tell people it's important that you understand who you're electing, probably even more important, as your legislators from the state and as your state senators, because those are people who can define what your gun laws are in your own state. And uh, so a lot of the bad gun laws in this country are not necessarily federal laws that have been passed, but they are state laws that have been passed. Mm-hmm. And so I would say be active in your, your local politics to ensure that your state stays free or finds more freedom as far as the Second Amendment, and then hope that the, the, um, the Supreme Court will nullify and uphold the Constitution if there's a, a bill uh, or a law passed that violates that. But as you can see, H.R. 127, which is a horrible bill, um, they're doing a lot of, they're focusing on ammunition, they're focusing on licensing, so they can dance around that shall not be infringed and opposed to saying, we're not infringing your right to have a gun, we're just saying that if you want one, you got to go through these steps. Mm-hmm. And I think that is dangerous. And that and people should be very aware of that. It, it, I, I think oh, absolutely. That that's an infringement. It is, because you can't use it. sets up a permission-based system. 
it sets up like with the mental health angle they want to bring in. That is so subjective. My degrees are in psychology and counseling. That's a very subjective science. And for, for that to be one of the hurdles that people have to get through in order to, you know, keep and bear a life-saving tool of self-defense, it can be very, very tricky. And I, I think that those, those things that are being suggested, should they come to pass, are actually infringements that our constitution said, uh-uh, don't do it. You can't have them. You know, and it's taxation without representation. You know, when you're taxed, there are certain government programs that are provided. Now you're talking about taxing a firearm. What what program are you providing um, that deals with firearms after that? Are you providing a service to give me a bodyguard to protect me at that point? Uh, because the law enforcement can't <coughs> protect everybody. So, sorry, Absolutely. losing my voice here. That's okay. Well, I, we're going to start winding down, but uh, give you a second to take a, a quick sip of water. Thank you. Absolutely. So we have an annual event here in Arizona that is coming up. It's actually when this episode airs, it is tomorrow from this episode. We're sitting in the, the studio on Monday, February 8th, but uh, this will air on Friday, February 19th. And tomorrow on Friday, uh, Saturday, February 20th, we have our Celebrate and Protect the Second Amendment event. Dare we call it a rally now, in this day and age when, you, as you were saying earlier, they take verbiage and they try to twist it and make it sound like something that it really isn't. Um, you know, rallies have been given a little bit of a black eye uh, in the past few months here in, in our, the United States. But we are holding this event. It's a family-friendly event. There's a kids section called the Junior Patriot Park. It's uh, going to be a perfect day, high, uh, like mid-70s, no clouds, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on the lawn of the Arizona State Capitol building. And we have food, we have vendors, and amazing speakers like you. You are going to be one of our speakers this year. Um, and thank you for that. What would you say, why are these kinds of events and gatherings important, especially in today's day and age when we're being told we can't get together, can't be in person with each other for any reason? You know, I, that's a great question, Cheryl. And I think that you've, we've got to let our voices be heard. You know, um, we've seen things this year, this past year, and even this year, behavior that is not what Americans should do. And I continue to tell people, I get that you're frustrated that you feel like your voice isn't being heard, but we have to continue to follow the peaceful pro process that the founding fathers put in place to be able to redress our grievances. And that is, let's, let's let our voices be heard to our local legislators, our state legislators, our congressmen, our senators. And we can do that in a very peaceful manner. We go out, we let them know that we are the voters that these are things that are important to us. And if you can't comply with those, or if you can't um, represent us in a way that we want, then we're gonna vote you out of office. And that's what these events should be designed for. And we should, we should have them know that, that our voices are being heard. Do not stop calling your, your, your uh, local politicians, your legislators, state senators, federal politicians. Um, that's why these are important because this is, our constitutional right to go out and let our voices be heard so that the people that we've elected to office know exactly what's important to us as we the people. 
Absolutely. Beautifully said. Uh, and we have had in the past 12 months, at least eight and a half million brand new first time gun owners all across the nation. From your personal perspective, from your professional perspective, what is one thing that you would want to say to all of those people that have taken that important step to, to be responsibly armed? Train, mm -hmm. get some training. You don't have to train like a police officer or a military guy or these guys on that you see on social media, but there are a lot of companies out there that will provide you some very good basic training so that you can become familiar with the firearm that you've purchased. I 100% support the Second Amendment and somebody's right to own that gun. I do also highly suggest that they get familiar with that gun. Um, there's a saying that you'll rise to the occasion, and we always used to say in SWAT, that's not true. You'll only rise to the highest level of your training. You don't need to spend a lot of time, but understand the mechanics of the gun. We talked about it before we went on the air about how guns are inanimate objects. They are like a paperweight on your desk. Unless somebody poorly manipulates it or uses it for bad intentions, nobody will get hurt. It'll just sit there. Um, so it's important that you understand that and then learn proper firearm safety, learn how to, uh, to use it, to carry it, store it, those types of things. I think that's important for those new gun owners. It's not expensive and it will be well worth your time to go out and get that training. And there are so many companies out there. And if any, if all of you new gun owners will just invest 50 bucks, hundred bucks into a training class, that'll also benefit, benefit our economy for all those training companies that are out there that are doing good work. And what happens if those 8 million people would also vote? Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, right. Accordingly, vote accordingly. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> to no. protect your rights. Yeah, that's the thing about voting. It's like a jury trial. You never know what you're going to get, you know. Um, <laughs> but I hope that people will, will really open their eyes. And I think that's what last year has done. I think last year has awoken a lot of people. And I hate the term woke. So mm -hmm. it, a lot of people have, have they're, they're now engaged with what is going on and i think they're listening i would just challenge you stop listening to the, the the mainstream media because they have an agenda they're not giving you the truth and if they are it's sprinkled in there mm -hmm. so you've got to figure out ways to find truth um i want to start a a little subscription site be five bucks a month american sheriff and i want that i want to be able to have four pillars um God, guns, freedom, and family. And I, and I want to have things that people can go and get good um, information that hopefully uh, people will trust that it's truth mm -hmm. and, and be able to take that and have it uncensored as well. So that's one of the things I'm trying to work on and, and uh, continue to try to, to, to protect what we love. I love it. That's fantastic. And last question, which is kind of an announcement that I didn't realize until I was prepping for this interview, but you're an author. Yeah. You I and am. your wife both. You, you tell us about this pair of books. Well, you're using that word very liberally. I'm a person who wrote a book. I don't know that I would consider myself an author. I tell people all the time when they buy the book, I'm like, remember, I'm no author. I'm just like a regular guy who's Who's telling you some of the things that I've gone through in my life. And I, what I hope from the book is it's called American Sheriff, traditional values in a modern world. I think that we've lost touch with a lot of the traditional values that most of us, especially some of the older generations were raised with and uh, that life is tough 
it's not going to go well for you all the time. As a matter of fact, more often than not, you're going to get your teeth, your teeth kicked in by life, mm -hmm. but that, you know, it's designed to make us tougher and better and stronger and challenges us to be the best that we can be. And so that's kind of what the book is. And it will hopefully give people a little bit better glimpse into my life. Those who've watched me on live PD and 60 days in, they always ask, well, tell me a little bit more about yourself. This was kind of designed to do that. But at the same time, also have hopefully have some things that will give you some hope in the, in what we're dealing with. And then my wife also wrote a book called The Sheriff's Wife, Holding It All Together Behind the Scenes in Politics. And it's a great read for, for women out there and men. Um, her book is much better than mine. And she writes about what it's like to be in the, the world of politics and the good and the bad and <clears throat> some of the cool things we've been able to experience and, and just the, you know, the, the toll that it takes on, on our families and ourselves. You know, I always tell people I'll never be the same after this. Um, I hope to, to preserve me, Mark Lamb, but uh, you never the same because you go through so much, uh, but it's worth it. Some, and somebody has to do it. So you can get those books on Amazon and you can also get those books on my website, americansheriff.com. My wife says the sheriffswife.com. You can get both of them on either one. Um, and uh, yeah, we just appreciate it. I, we did it so that we could, uh, you know, check it off the box of off the bucket list. And it's been fun. We've, it's been something my wife and I have been able to kind of go out and promote together and meet more people and, and, and just really talk with all the great Americans that are out there. I absolutely love it. And um, I've had a chance to, to meet your wife, Janelle. Yes. Yes. On a, a number of occasions at some of the events that we've both been at. And uh, you, you both just have such a, uh, just a humbleness, just a calmness about you that uh, is just very inviting. And that's evidenced by the fact that you're always mobbed by tons of people that want to meet you and get their selfie with you. And, and now they can, you know, have the, you sign their books. So I think well, that's, that's, a, that's a big difference thank you. between, that's a big difference between a servant, someone who serves yeah. and somebody who rules. Yeah. Very well, very thank good. you for that. And you know, I, I always say don't mistake my meekness for weakness, but uh, my wife has a saying and we, we espouse this. You just bury people with an avalanche of love and light. Yeah. And I also say with all the craziness out there and the news and all this, I say, look, by their fruit, she shall know them. Mm -hmm. You go out and show the people what you can do for them. I've never liked negative politics because mm -hmm. I think that that I shouldn't be talking about the other person. I'd be talking about what I'm going to do for you, the people, should you elect me to office. Right. And uh, that's the way I, you know, I've tried to, to live and be a sheriff. And, and uh, I'm grateful that I've had this opportunity. And I appreciate you saying that. My wife and I, we do. We love it. And uh, we just try to find the good and, and the brightness and all of it and everything. Well, especially in the, the field that you're in, that takes a little extra challenge. So I, I very much appreciate um, all of that, that. I love that barium under an avalanche of love and light. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be holding on to that, maybe quoting it from time to time. Do it. Do it. I love it. The other thing um, that my, the, the other one that my wife had from her book that people like is, <laughs> 
she has in there it says sometimes you need the words of Christ and sometimes you need f bombs. So that's <laughs> that's life. That is well, the truth. Yeah, there is, are times. It's absolute time. truth. All right. Well, tell folks one more time how they can follow all the work you do, buy the book, see where you're going to be speaking next, uh, all those good things. Okay, on Twitter. Not that I use Twitter anymore, but Sheriff Lamb one on Twitter. Um, I do mostly Instagram, which is American Sheriff. And that usually feeds into my Facebook, which is Sheriff Lamb. And then if you want to get the books, my wife's book and, uh, and my book, um, that is americansheriff.com. And we just appreciate it. We've loved it. And uh, hopefully you can get something out of it. And just remember, I'm no author. So when you read it, <laughs> it's a regular guy writing uh, about some stuff. So you, that's where you can follow us at. I did give, do a Gab account. I had a parlor account, which obviously is not there. Um, it's just so hard to manage all these social media things, all my emails. We do it all ourselves. We do all the books. I build all the websites. I do, I, I, I do all this stuff. So like we never sleep and we're yeah. working even when we get home. Yeah. Uh, but you only live one life. So <laughs> my philosophy is give this one hell. Absolutely. <laughs> right. That's fantastic. Mark Lamb, Sheriff Mark Lamb, thank you so, so much. We will see uh, you out on Saturday, February 20th on the lawn of the Arizona tomorrow. State Capitol building yeah. tomorrow. I'll see everybody tomorrow, right? Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. Thank you. God Bye -bye. bless. God Bye -bye. bless. Bye-bye. Wow, that was awesome. Yeah. You know, I just can't believe, you know, why, why, anyone who's in law enforcement wouldn't want to follow our constitution unless there are some out there that maybe just want the controlling but it's like but we if go... you don't if you've never read the constitution if right. you weren't raised to value that as an inheritance right then you're hired into a job you're given a set of instructions you don't even know that those instructions might go against <clears throat> your inheritance right? The protection of your inheritance. I think that's what happens. Remember when we first got, when we first got married, we took a trip to Mexico. We drove our car to Mexico and the feeling we had when we went across the border and how we felt kind of like uh, scared and vulnerable. almost vulnerable and all that. And then we were there for about a week. And then on the way back home, we crossed back into the United States and Arizona and we go, wow, are relaxed and yeah. and then now we go to california and we have that same feeling we go to california that's part of the united states we cross the border and we we go oh my gosh we just what, left a what bunch rights of do rights we right behind us right. in the rear view mirror that we have here in arizona specifically our firearms right. rights to keep right. and bear arms because we cross this imaginary line called the border between Arizona and California. And then we spend a week in California or two weeks or whatever. And we come back and we get to Arizona and we just have that sigh of relief. As soon as we see the sign that says, welcome to Arizona, which is beautiful. And then now I look at, and I go, you know, if I ever go through Pinell County, I'm going to feel so much at ease mm -hmm. that if I, if I get uh, see a sheriff or get pulled over mm -hmm. that my constitution rights, constitutional rights are protected. Yeah. What a feeling that is. Absolutely. So thank you, Sheriff Lamb. Absolutely. And, you know, I do think that not just Sheriff Mark Lamb, but other sheriffs that are constitutionally, yeah. constitution minded, there's a, an organization out there called the CSPOA, the Constitutional Sheriff's um, 
something association, but, um, that is a way that you can vet, like you can go on there and kind of vet your, your local sheriff, or maybe somebody that's going to be running for that office Uh and see, is this somebody that does value our constitutional rights or not? So that's a, a, a great tool also. I think it's cspoa.org. And I, that just occurred to me, or I would have had it you know, written down and, and said it correctly. So I apologize for, for not having that um, top of mind. But it's important. Our constitution is important. The people that we put in place to, um, to, hold, to hold that line is important. Sure do. And really, ultimately, who holds that line? Anyone? Mm. Bueller? You do. By, by voting and, yeah. and talking to my representative. And I do. And every single individual person that's listening or watching us, it's up to you to hold the line right. in whatever ways you can. And now I have to clean that up. Well, wait. Right? In whatever ways you can. Oh, somebody's right. going to say I just incited a riot, right? <laughs> no, I'm talking about peacefully being being educated, reading your constitution, understanding our history, where our constitution came from, and then voting accordingly, and then interacting with your elected officials to let them know that that's valuable to you, right? right? You want them to represent you. They are our representatives. Right. They want you, you want them to represent you based on these principles. That's what I mean. And I also want to clean something up. Okay. I said, you know, that California and then Pinal County and all that. There are sheriffs. There are many sheriffs that I've met that are constitutionalists. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not. I say there's more that are constitution, constitution, constitutionalists than not. <laughs> it's easy for you to say. Yeah, there's more. And I have met law enforcement people in California mm-hmm. that are constitutionalists mm-hmm. and that they and feel pr- under pressure them. and burdened by yes. what they have to enforce. So, so often people yes. are like, what are you doing in California? You should leave there. Well, then if you do, then there's nobody left that. If that would mean, if that was the case the under our, under our current administration, we should be saying everybody needs to leave the United States that believes in the constitution because they're not, they're not following the constitution and we can't, you, you just can't uproot. Where and besides that, besides that, here's the most important thing as being like Arizona, we're starting to see it turn blue. It has turned blue. And we're starting to see more gun laws. If we're not here to fight them, they will win. If now, we when you say leave, turn blue, what does that mean? Democrats. Mm-hmm. And why, if the Constitution... And, and so I didn't know it was going to be a test. And the Second Amendment... Bueller. <laughs> if the Constitution and the Second Amendment are for everyone... So therefore, not political. Right. But it's not. Why do we care if because the state is blue or red? Because we're seeing. Democrat or if it's. Because Republican. we are seeing in the past and what they're talking about is they don't believe in the. A lot of Democrats are not following the Constitution. Again, I keep saying this. The governor of New Jersey mm-hmm. says the Constitution is above his pay grade. And he is which party? He's the governor. He's a Democrat. And so the point is. Hey. It, but there are Republicans, people with the great oh, big yeah, R blazed upon their chest that yes. are doing what with the Constitution? They're, they're trashing it. Yes. So I don't even know where we're going with all this, but you're right. And it's so um, we have to stay here and fight. If, if you've, like California, a lot of people have left 
And what's left for them? Now they're just fighting amongst themselves as how liberal they can become. Seems like it. So anyway. Just, All right. I guess we're kind of lost on that. We went down a tunnel, didn't we? No, not at all. I don't think so at all. I think all of that was, was <clears throat> perfectly in line with, with the topics today. Um, I mean, we, the, the title is the Constitution and the Law. Well, isn't it odd that very often and more so often those things come at each other at, at odd angles right. rather than you know supporting one another and making sense? Um, so it's important that we, we hash these things out and talk about them and how politics do intersect and pollute, so often pollute um, both the Constitution and the law. And we have, a, you know, we have a Constitution. It was based on the United States, 1776, whatever, right? All this. And the way I feel about, okay, so I'm here. Mm -hmm. If I don't like it, mm -hmm. the core, I can leave. You could. But I don't have a right to change it because this, it was built for this. Mm -hmm. This is the model. Mm -hmm. This like me, if I wanted to go to the Bahamas mm -hmm. and I, I started fighting for changes with the Bahamas, I came there, accepted their values. This is, I accept, I'm gonna live this way. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the way I think the United States should be in each state. Mm -hmm. California people come over here, they wanna change it to be like California and then it becomes another tragedy, right? Mm -hmm. So we should, you know, if you don't like it, those actors that say, I'm going to move to Canada. Where, how come you haven't moved? Don't change. <laughs> don't change us. You want to yeah. change the way. I mean, it's just like I was saying in another show, Arizona had, we, we've been here since 1912 mm -hmm. and we're doing okay. We don't need more laws. Doing okay. Just enforce the laws we have and leave us alone so that we can grow. Absolutely. Amen. Or amen. Speaking of amen, well, we haven't got there yet. Have you want we? me to sing that song or we, what? No, please don't. Okay. No singing. No singing. Um, we want to thank our awesome guest, Sheriff yes. Mark Lamb. We want to thank our amazing listeners from all over the nation, all over the world. We value you because when you take these conversations into your spheres of influence, uh, your dinner tables, your carpools, um, your Zoom chat rooms, uh, that is where the rubber really meets the road. And, and these conversations, you know, really help to change minds, change right. lives, and maybe not change, but, but help support that, okay, we haven't all fallen off the cliff of nonsense and illogical thinking. Um, and so thank you for for doing that. You could be anywhere doing anything and you spend the time listening and tuning in and watching us. And we value that more than we could ever say. Uh, go to our website. If you've missed any uh, portion of this show or any of the other shows, this is the audio version only on our website at gunfreedomradio.com. Click the on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content. If you want to see the videos, you can go to OpsLens, which is the smartphone app. You can go to gunstreamer.com, youtube.com, multiple over other places. Um, but we, we so value your time. Thank you for, for clicking and sharing, listening. And until next time, what do we want to do? We want to really pray for our country. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We want to pray for all our law enforcement. Yep. And we want to pray for all of our representatives. Absolutely. But what if we, what if there's some representatives we don't really like? Then what? 
Well, I guess we still, is this another test? Yes. Are you testing Bueller. me? Okay, we're, we're supposed to pray for them too. But maybe. Even if you don't like them. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 maybe especially. even if you don't like them so bad, you just want to, oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> especially if you don't <laughs> like them. Oh my goodness. I mean, you hate them so bad, you don't want to vote for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you still got to pray for them, yeah, right? Right. All right. Well, have an awesome week. Be good to each other. And God bless. God bless. Bye-bye.